So hello, uh, so my name is Dr. Carolyn Newberry and I'll be your host today for Physician Spotlight. Um, I have the honor today of sitting and speaking with Dr. Keith Miller, who is a assistant professor of medicine in the surgery department at the University of Louisville. Um, Dr. M Miller, thank you for joining us today. No, the honor is all mine. Thank you for having me. Um, great. So, you know, with a lot of our interviewees, we've just been starting with uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with nutrition. Okay, well, that's a that's a relatively easy one. I didn't get any preparatory questions here, so I have so these are coming right off the cuff. But uh, yeah, so I uh, I'm a trauma surgeon at the University of Louisville, uh, and my interest in nutrition uh, was something that I wasn't initially aware of at all. Actually, uh, you know, in going through my surgery residency, I did what's called an infolded fellowship. So my fourth year. I did a critical care fellowship within my surgery training uh, where you kind of take a break out of the general surgery side and, and, and focus on critical care. During that period of time, there was a uh, fellowship that was started that was sponsored by Nestle, uh, which focused on clinical nutrition. I think you're aware of that fellowship. I think you may have uh, spent some time doing that. But uh, uh, that fellowship started the year I was in doing my critical care fellowship. And, and, and basically, they were looking for some unsuspecting uh, guinea pigs uh, to run through the program, some people that they thought uh, would do whatever they were told. Of course, I'm joking here. But uh, yeah, so I involuntarily participated in the fellowship. And Laszlo and I kind of argue with who was the first fellow, but I think it was probably me. And uh, so I had the pleasure of... Uh, spending a couple of weeks focused uh, with uh, Steve McClave here at University of Louisville, and then a couple of weeks in Portland with Bob Martindale. And uh, it opened my eyes as to an interest that I didn't know that I had. And, you know, we may talk about mentorship later, but uh, uh, those two inspired in me some enthusiasm for, for uh, uh, that I wasn't already aware of. I mean, the, the nutrition support and metabolic response to insult, these are all things that uh, are relevant every day of our professional lives and in our patients and, and, and in how they do uh, from their injuries or from their surgeries or whatever else outside the surgery and trauma world. But, uh, and so this was an interest I didn't know I had. Um, I think that's the power of uh, excellent mentors is they can, they can sort of find those interests in you. Uh, of which you may or may not be aware and stimulate some uh, uh, wonderful things. So that's how my interest in nutrition came about. Um, and since that time, uh, really, uh, uh, it's become a bigger and bigger part of the educational process here at University of Louisville with our trauma fellows, with our, with our uh, uh, surgery residents. As you know, it's really underrepresented in the curriculum not only in medical school, but throughout medical training. And I think, uh, so when you find somebody that has an enthusiasm and an energy for it and can sort of translate that passion to the people that are around them, like McClave or Martindale, um, then uh, it becomes pretty powerful. So you try to use that in our surgery residency, our trauma fellowship and in those areas. So that's a long answer to a short yeah. question. Well, but no, I think it's really interesting to hear how people got involved in nutrition. And I think you obviously a nice segue to talk about mentors that you've had in the process. Um, is there anyone else you'd specifically identify as a mentor in nutrition right now for you? Uh, mentorship is, uh, I mean, I don't know that there's anything more important. You know, we're all mentors in some way and we're all mentees in others, you know, I mean, then this is what I try to remind our residents and 
you know, our, our medical students are mentors to an aspiring uh, undergraduate that's thinking about going to medical school. Our residents are mentors to one another. And then, you know, so I've got mentors in nearly every part of my life, I guess, both professional and personal, you know, and uh, uh, professionally, I obviously have surgical mentors that have meant a great deal to me over time. I do many of the things that I do in the same way that they did the things they did. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll leave that aside from a nutrition perspective. I mean, Martindale, McClave, I've kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, grown up with, you know, Ryan Hurt and, and uh, Laszlo and I, I mean, I think uh, the relationships that, you, I mean, there's too many to name, the relationships that you develop through uh, uh, involvement in clinical nutrition are what really make it valuable and meaningful to me. And things that you never would have thought of, you know, as a surgeon, um, uh, I don't know that as the COVID pandemic sort of came to be and became relevant in all our lives as clinicians, uh, it's not my surgeon friends across the country that I necessarily reached out to help build protocols for our institution and that sort of thing. It was uh, people that I'd met through clinical nutrition, you know, like Todd Rice and, and, and people across the country that uh, have a different niche in the clinical world, but but this becomes relevant to us all. And all of those relationships were built through clinical nutrition. And uh, so in ways, all of those people have been my mentor in one way or another. There have been people that uh, maybe you thought you were the mentor. I've had residents that I learned a tremendous amount from, and then all of a sudden they become my mentor in some ways. So we use that term to sort of be representative of, you know, a single person during a single time. Uh, but, uh, that dynamic has been, uh, defining for me professionally and been wonderful. So I don't, I'm sure I forgot people. I left out the whole surgery world, uh, and kind of focused on nutrition, but, uh, uh, yeah, that if you had to pick one thing about clinical nutrition that I love, it's the people that are involved in with, with it. And those are the people that have become my mentors in that, in that arena. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that people are such an important part of the experience and the program, and it's why nutrition is such a great um, opportunity space for all of these different relationships to be built. Nutrition, clinical nutrition is truly multidisciplinary in, in a way that so few other fields are. And, and, and like I said, the relationships that I developed with pulmonologists and gastroenterologists and dietitians and pharmacists, I mean, it's... It, it, it's it's tangible. It's something that's meaningful at the bedside and taking care of the patients. And I think that's what's pretty cool about clinical nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of within the nutrition space, do you have a particular interest that you've sort of adapted into like clinical and, and research um, opportunities that you've been involved with? Yeah, you know, I think I'm not a prolific researcher. I've been lucky to have people that uh, are in my life that are, but, uh, and I've been able to, fortunate to be able to get to know them over time. I, I wouldn't consider myself a prolific researcher. I think, you know, my role is, we take care of a lot of patients. And uh, so my role is to maybe translate some of the work that those folks do into bedside care. I mean, what's fascinated me about clinical nutrition is are, are maybe aren't the things that readily come as you talk to the lay public or you know your clinical nutritionist what does that mean well uh, protein carbohydrates and fat in and of themselves have never been particularly interesting to me they've been important to me obviously as they are to all of us but uh, I think you know the metabolic response to insult sort of that constant you know <laughs> 
uh, that constant assault on our physiology is a result of just moving forward in life. And then, you know, those things become accelerated in times of injury, or if you decide to operate on an individual, obviously you're going to accelerate some of those processes. And the metabolic response to that's been fascinating. I think uh, particularly, you know, people still bleed to death in the hospitals in the United States across the country, no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, just as many, if not more, die as a result of the futile energy cycling and the, and the metabolic derangement that occurs after massive injury. I think, you know, we're at a time where that may be a more common problem if a patient makes it to the hospital alive than dying of hemorrhagic shock. It's the consequences of shock and, 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 and the metabolic derangement that sort of is associated with that. I find that fascinating. And I, I think, you know, that's gonna be the future of nutrition support in the critical care arena. I think defining some of these questions that have been, you know, looked at over the last decade has been fantastic. The science has taken off, you know, the clinical trials are infinitely better, not, not to say, you don't want to take credit from those that did them in the 90s, like my mentors, but, uh, you know, the number of patients, the, 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 the trial design has been fantastic over the last decade. And we've answered a lot of the questions that we've had. Several of those answers have led to more questions, but I think if you look at the future of clinical nutrition, it's going to be how do we tailor things to the individual metabolic and physiologic responses that patients are going through in your ICUs in the post-ICU recovery period. This includes, you know, all the things that we kind of microbiome and, and, and metabolomics and all these things. How do we augment those processes? Is futile energy cycling protective in some way? Do we want to speed that up? Do we want to slow it down? Do we want to do things that can, can contribute to resolving those issues? That's where I think clinical nutrition, particularly in the ICU and in the trauma patient is going. So uh, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, absolutely being able to personalize like all of these guidelines to individual patients and sort of making that translation from, you know, the guidelines on paper and all of the, the research to clinical practice, which it's important to have people that are familiar with that to be able to do that. So, you know, I, I completely agree with that assessment. Um, you know, in terms of within uh, the nutrition space, what do you think has been the biggest challenge throughout your career? Uh, you know, I think I think a big challenge is that because because clinical nutrition touches every aspect of care, it sometimes gets left behind. You know, I mean, meaning that uh, there maybe there's some, I, and I don't know what somebody's thought about this a lot more than I have that could explain it better. But I think there's something to the fact that this is a natural process within our lives that we do every day and don't necessarily think about. So that somehow translates into the clinical arena where we don't think about it or don't give it the attention that it deserves. Um, that's been a barrier. So getting, I, I think, you know, um, uh, what you're seeing now in our residents now, I can't tell you the number of people, you know, resident applicants, fellow applicants that you interview, and I'm talking outside the clinical nutrition space, I'm talking in the surgery world, have a real genuine interest in clinical nutrition, which um, when I was coming through, I just didn't feel that. I didn't feel that there was a, that there was a large group of people in the world of surgery or any clinical world that, that, that had a significant interest in nutrition. And I think now you're seeing that. And so some of those barriers, I think, through the work of, you know, you, Aspen, all, you know, organizations such as, such as Aspen have sort of, uh, sort of made the, you know, you can circumvent what clinicians are interested in by making the public interested in it and demanding that we as clinicians acknowledge and, uh, and, uh, 
you know, uh, there's nothing that puts your feet to the fire like a patient asking you something that you may or may not know the answer to. And guess what? Uh, they, they do ask very probing questions about how are we supporting, you know, my loved one from a nutritional perspective? Why are we doing it that way? And to not be able to, the, to answer those questions is extremely humbling. And so I think uh, that's one way that, uh, you know, organizationally, I think you can get to, to making this um, a, a priority. But that's been a barrier, I think, would be one. I'm sure there are others, uh, but uh, that would be the one I'd point out. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I've noticed the same thing. You know, I'm more of like an outpatient physician, obviously seeing patients from a different perspective after you've cared for them in the hospital and hopefully we get them home. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, more medical students, residents, fellows are interested in the nutrition space, which is very exciting for all of us that are trying to continue to push on that topic. Um, Absolutely. So I, yeah, and I think and I think saying, educators <laughs> like yourselves are, are critical to that. I think your enthusiasm is infectious. And right. Steve McClave and Bob Martindale's, you know, I'm a hollow onion. Like you peel back a couple layers, there's nothing there. But uh, people, you know, people like you, leaders in our field, uh, uh, can can help, you know, cultivate that that enthusiasm that seems to be there more in our future fellows and residents than it was maybe in our group. Yeah. And just for some closing remarks, I mean, I'd love to hear about how Aspen has sort of supported and shaped your career because, you know, this is going out to the Aspen community, particularly a lot of junior faculty like myself or junior investigators that are, are hoping to continue a career in this field. Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier, you know, the importance of, uh, of Aspen and organizations such as Aspen. I mean, for me, what is Aspen for me? Aspen for me is a way, uh, is a is a way that I can stay in touch with college. like 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 you know we'll see each other ass at Aspen and it's like you know we were just all together yesterday sitting in a basement in a dark basement in Louisville Kentucky talking about you know carbohydrate or something but uh, I mean Aspen is a is a form where you can get together with your friends colleagues people that uh, have the same interests and enthusiasm for nutrition support that uh, that that we all do. Uh, so it provides that forum for that. That's what it, that's the most uh, uh, tangible function it serves for me. I don't take advantage of thousands of things that Aspen does for everyone else. And, and, and those things are, you know, bringing that multidisciplinary group together to say, well, here's what my, here's what my trial suggested. Oh, well, this is what from a dietitian perspective or a clinical pharmacist or this is what taking that trial to the bedside looks like. Aspen is a forum for those discussions. Aspen is a forum for you to uh, find funding. You know, uh, I think uh, 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 facilitating funding, getting together with peers or mentors, we were talking about that, that can help you uh, find ways to fund research questions that you have in nutrition. These are the leaders in the field, and these are the people that have been funded in the past. And, uh, you know, there's no predictor for future funding like past funding. And so I think, uh, you know, for those of you, you, you know, that, that are interested in investigational trials and those sorts of things, Aspen is a network of people that can certainly get you to where you want to go. That's just touching on the surface of what I think it provides. I mean, there's educational components, there's, there's mentoring components, there's, uh, there's fellowship. By that, I mean getting together with like-minded people or people that have similar interests. Uh, and so uh, that's the tip of the iceberg, but uh, that's what Aspen sort of is to me. 
Absolutely. Um, and I completely agree with a lot of those sentiments. So I wanted to thank you for sitting down and taking a moment to speak with us. And this is another physician spotlight interview with Dr. Keith Miller, who we appreciate his um, advice and his um, insight onto the nutrition world. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thank you, Carolyn. It's been an honor. I appreciate it.